Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. I love Christmas. Uh, I, just, I love it so much we celebrate it twice a year, which is why if you saw the sign earlier, it says Christmas at Christmas because uh, we also have Christmas in July. And so now it's actually Christmas and we celebrate Christmas and everything about Christmas I just love. I have such great memories of Christmas when I was growing up. And so even today, um, I think that just like the song says that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. The lights, the music, everything about Christmas, the food, especially, I just love it. Christmas is so great. Um, Getting together with family and uh, seeing people that you haven't seen in a long time. Um, Man, I remember when I was a kid, uh, my parents, they tried very hard to make sure that we had an enjoyable Christmas. And uh, if we didn't enjoy it, they made us enjoy it. And you are going to enjoy Christmas or else you're going to be in trouble. But we had, a, we had a really good Christmas. And one of the things that right now I'm really excited about for Christmas is, is that for me right now, Christmas isn't complicated. It's really easy right now. My kids are, are kind of grown up and, and uh, you can reason with them. And, you know, I remember when, when they were young, we would take them through Walmart. And if you've ever taken a kid through a department store like Walmart or Target at, during the holidays, it's a nightmare. Because their eyes get like five times bigger and they grow five sets of hands. And you're just walking down and all of a sudden you turn around and your cart is full. And so right now it's not like complicated like that. My kids are grown and so we, you know, we hang out and and we plan out Christmas and we get a consensus over what we want to do and we understand the limitations that we have. Right now Christmas is great because it's not complicated. But it hasn't always been like that. One of the things that I think we struggle with at Christmas time is that we struggle with this idea that Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year because of what is happening right now. It's not because of what's happening. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, and the reason that we celebrate Christmas is because of something that happened. And when we try to put Christmas into this perspective of we're talking about Christmas being the most wonderful time of the year because of something that is happening, one of the things that we uh, tend to forget that we're reminded of at Christmas time is that there are problems that we can't solve, that there are people that we can't control, and there are expectations that we can't meet. And that's the source, really, of the stress that most people feel at Christmas time. And I think that if we stop for a moment, and we're really honest with ourselves, that we would look at this and we would realize that I'm the problem that I can't solve. That I'm the person that I can't control. And I'm the one that sets the expectations that no one around me can ever meet. And so here we are at Christmas time. And instead of focusing on the things that are happening as the source of our joy and the source of what makes us happy and the source of what we celebrate, we have to focus on something that happened, an event that happened, an event that we come and celebrate. And that event was an arrival. 
It was the arrival of a person who stands at the center of history. An arrival of a person who stands, if we allow him to, at the center of our lives. And that can recenter our lives if we give him permission to do that. A person who we've all heard the story before. And part of the reason that we um, are so drawn to this story of the arrival of Jesus is because the arrival of Jesus in this time of year reminds us that we do need something else in our lives. There is not one person that I know that doesn't get through the end of the holiday season and look back at all the money that they've spent and all the stuff that they've bought and said, man, I should have done it differently. I should have done it differently. And next year, I'm going to do it differently. And we still do it exactly the same every single year. But there's something in us that's looking for a solution. And the reason that we celebrate this arrival, in fact, the reason that there was an arrival of Jesus at all, is because there are things in our lives that we can't fix. And there are problems in our lives that we can't solve. And knowing that, God sent His Son for that reason. Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year because of who the people are that are with us. It's the most wonderful time of the year because of the person who is for us. Now, when we look at the arrival of Jesus, when we look at at the accounts of the arrival of Jesus in Scripture, there there are basically four places where we read about the the account of how Jesus came. Uh, It's in the four books of the Bible that we refer to as the Gospels. It's the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, and the book of John. In those four books, each one of them writes about the arrival of Jesus. Now, the interesting thing is Matthew, Mark, and Luke all write very, very similar stories. They start out their stories with with what was happening right before Jesus was born. They talk about the angels. They talk about the shepherds. They give us an account of everything that happened. All of the things that you see on your Christmas cards every year, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us what those things were that happened. But John, John takes a little bit of a different take. You see, when John tells us the story of Christmas, he doesn't start with the shepherds. He doesn't start with the angels. He doesn't start with the manger. When John tells us the story of Christmas, John looks at it and he tells us the importance and the significance of the arrival of Jesus. That's how he starts it off with. He doesn't start off talking about the picture. He starts off telling us, listen, this is why it is important for you to know and in John's writing, as, as he's at the end of his life and he, he, he decides to write all of the things that he has remembered, all of the things that he has gone through, the time that he spent with Jesus, as he's putting all of this together, he is the person who looked at Jesus' life and everything that happened surrounding Jesus' life. And he's the one who told us and came to the conclusion that when he looked at that and he said, okay, what is God? Who is God? He's the one who said, I can summarize God in one word. Love. That when I look at God, this is what I understand. That God is love. And this is who John was. John was the person who started off talking about this. And now, one of the things that we know from history is that John was... uh, When John wrote what we call today the book of John, which really wasn't a book, it was a manuscript. It It was like a letter that he was writing. But when John wrote John, he was near the end of his life. He was already an old man. He had seen... Uh, All of his friends, uh, they were either killed or or they died naturally or they were gone somewhere. 
his, he was right at the end. And I think that if, if we could see John at the end of his life, I think what he was doing was he was thinking, okay, listen, I, I, I'm coming to this place where I no longer am going to be able to tell people what happened, what I saw. Because imagine that John, John was somebody who knew Jesus, who hung out with Jesus. And as the, the early church is the beginning, when, right after Jesus was resurrected, that Christians started popping up and Christian churches started popping up all throughout the known world. You can imagine what it was like for John, that everywhere he went, people would want to hear about it, that they, they had read it. They had read what other people had wrote about Jesus. But now here was John and John was actually with Jesus. And so I would imagine that everywhere he went, he, people would want to hear him. They would want to hear him tell the story. They would want to hear, hear what, he, what he heard, what he saw. They would want to see or hear firsthand from somebody who was there with Jesus. And that was John. And so at the end of all of this, John is, is now, he's an old man, and he's looking back on the life that he has led. And he decides, I'm going to write down everything. I'm going to write down as much as I can so that I can tell this story so that people, even even when I'm not around, that they can still hear what I have been telling people about Jesus. And like I said, John takes a little bit of a departure from how everyone else tells the story, which is weird, because if there was one person of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if there was one person who could give us the best account, the most accurate account, the most colorful, picturesque account of what happened with the birth of Jesus, it would be John. Because John and Jesus had a special relationship. In fact, when Jesus was facing death, he said to John, John, I want you to take care of my mother like she was your own mother. And Jesus said to Mary, his mother, he said, Mary, I want you to take care of John like he was your own son. And what we can tell from history and the best that we know is that Mary and John spent the rest of their lives together. Uh, we think that they were uh, back in Ephesus is where they spent the last of their time. And John and Mary would have been together for the rest of their lives. And can you imagine all of the times that John would have sat down with Mary and asked her exactly what happened? What did you see? What were you feeling? Who else was around? Did, it, did anyone else say anything? I mean, what was that like when you recognized that the baby that you were carrying was the Messiah? John could ask Mary everything and knew, probably knew every single detail about what happened on that night. And yet when John cho chose to write his description of those events, John did not talk about the manger. He did not talk about the shepherds. He did not talk about the angels. Instead, he decided that what was most important was for people to understand the significance of why Jesus came. And at the time that John wrote this, John would have been in a place where he had experienced loss like none of us could ever imagine. John saw all of his friends die. He saw his friend Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, killed. Peter, another friend of his, killed. Many of his friends gone. And in this particular time period, he would have lived through um, an event where Nero, who was the emperor of Rome, sent a general, Vespasian, into Galilee 
to go town to town and round up all of the Jews and take them and bring them back to Rome as slaves. And as the, the general went from town to town, the Jews that were able to escape eventually all ended up in Jerusalem. And when he was there, they built a wall and they built, they dug a trench all around Jerusalem because they wanted to take the city and to kill everybody inside. And that's what they did. Vespasian eventually went back to Rome and he left his son there. And while his son was there, they stopped everyone and anyone from coming into or coming out of the city. And in the city, there was death, there was starvation, there was disease. And eventually, the Romans would enter into Jerusalem, destroy the city, and burn down the temple. The temple that his entire culture saw as the place where you can come into the presence of God. That it would be gone. That the temple sacrifice system, where they would give animals, and the animals would lose their lives as payment for the sins that the people made, would be completely destroyed and never rebuilt again up to today. That John, living through all of this at the very end of his life, knowing everything that he had gone through, suffering as much as any of us could ever imagine in the worst times of our lives, he pauses for a moment and he decides to write his account. And this is what John says. Right at the end of it, he says this. This is towards the end of his book and he says this. Because he's now writing what he saw. And he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. In other words, what he's saying is that, listen, there were a lot of things that were happening this time when Jesus was around. And everything that I have written in this book is really not everything. I'm just giving you a little bit of a taste, a sample of all of the things that Jesus did. Of all of the things that that I've experienced, all of the things that I went through, all of the things that I saw, I'm just giving you a little bit of a sample of it. And then he says this, but these are written that you may believe. See, he's saying there's a purpose in me writing these things. It's not just so that you have an entertaining story. It's not just so that you have an historical account. I am writing all of these things because I want you to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. He has a purpose in it. He says, I want you to know that all of the things that when I'm not around, you're not going to be able to ask me personally. I'm putting it down here because I want you to know. And then he says, that may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Now think about this for a second. All of the people who are reading this, they're alive. Right? There's no one dead who's reading this. Can we all agree on that? Everybody who's reading it is alive. So he's not talking about physical life. In fact, in this book that John writes, what he says is that Jesus came to give us a different kind of life. A different kind of life. Not physical life, but a life of abundance, a life of peace, a life where we extend grace because of the grace that's been extended to us. He says, listen, there is a purpose. I would want you to read all of these things and understand exactly who Jesus is, because I think that if you read them, you're going to believe. And that when you believe, you're going to get a different kind of life. 
a different kind of life. And so here's John. And he's at the end of his life. And he is writing this and he's telling us that, listen, this is the life that Jesus came to give us. And so as he's sitting there and, he, and he's, he's thinking about, this is, this is the story that I want to tell. This is the picture that I want to paint. He goes back and he says, okay, I got to start at the beginning. And so he starts to tell the story the way that he's going to tell it about the arrival of Jesus. And he says this. He says, in him was life. In him was life. And then he says this very interesting thing. And and the reason that this is interesting and the reason that, that this should bring hope to all of us is because in these words, John is going to tell us, for many of us, John is going to remind us that what he experienced was not supposed to, ha- was not supposed to be kept in one small place. You see, the Jews at that time, they were looking for a Messiah. And even those who were looking for Jesus, who believed that Jesus was the Messiah, they thought that Jesus was going to come and liberate the Jews. They thought that he was supposed to be the Messiah for the Jewish people, that he would be a conquering hero, that somehow he would restore the Jews and Jerusalem and Israel back to being a place that they had experienced in their history before, of being a great nation. They thought it might be political. They thought it might be economic. What they didn't realize was that Jesus' coming wasn't kept or meant to be a local occurrence. And so I think that John, as he's reading this, or as he's thinking through this, as he's thinking about what he's going to write, as he's thinking about how he's going to explain to people that this isn't a Jewish Messiah, that he writes this, in him was life, And that life was the light of all mankind. See, it was not a light that was just for the Jews. It was a light for everyone. And in those words, John takes those events that happened in the back roads of Israel, and he tells us that those events were not just for the people who were there. Those events were for all mankind. He goes on to say this. He says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light, Jesus, shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I think there are times where... Have you ever felt like the darkness in your life is just completely overcoming you? Completely overwhelming you? Like, no matter what you do, the darkness just comes. Like, it's, it's oppressive. It's, it's, it's all over. And no matter where you look and no matter where you turn, you just can't see the light. Have you ever had that feeling? Have you ever had those days? Have you ever had those years? Those relationships? Those jobs? That make you feel like the darkness is there? 
And there's just no overcoming it. See, it wasn't any different from John. And as he writes this, I think he paused at that comma. I think there's a reason that comma is there because he recognizes, listen, the light shines in the darkness. And we know that sometimes it's hard. Like if you've ever lit, lit a match in a room that's completely dark, it, it seems like you can't see it. It doesn't shine very much. Or have you ever been out like at the beach and someone has a fire and it's way, way down there and it's so far away that you can't even see the light anymore? We tend to feel like the darkness can overcome the light. And yet what John reminds us is this, is that as dark as the dark is, as heavy as the dark may feel, as overwhelmed and surrounded you may feel by the darkness, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so the reason that we can celebrate the arrival of Jesus, the reason that we can say that this is the most wonderful time of the year, it's not the lights. It's not the music. It's not the Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel. It is that Jesus is life and light that overcomes the dark. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.